Welcome back, everyone. This is season three of Blazing the Path. Uh, we've got our intro episode for the Portland Trailblazers season preview here. I'm joined here with Tara Bowen Biggs. Tara, how are you doing today? I am doing great, and I am so excited that we get to talk about the Blazers because it's been a long summer. And I, I was actually just at the grocery store, like chatting up the grocery clerk, and somebody behind me was like, "Is that you, Tara?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Nobody would like corner a grocery clerk and just passionately talk to them about the Blazers besides you." So I'm all warmed up and ready to go, Rob. <laughs> And I, I've heard in the past uh, that you find you're notorious for that. I think you asked your mailman, too. <laughs> I will stop anybody and have a conversation about the Blazers, given the just the tiniest little like inroad. I will take it. I think we have a season ahead of us that uh, is just so new and refreshing to see um, the direction they're going. I don't know if it's in the the way of making the playoffs or anything like that just yet go in that direction but um it's very exciting to see at least efforts made compared to last offseason where it was like I, I didn't see anything you know what I mean yeah doesn't it feel great like somebody's actually like trying and like cares <laughs> and wants to like do something good with the team rather than just like make it passable and like don't get me wrong. I enjoyed every one of those like passable seasons, but I didn't realize until Joe Cronin took over that what it would feel like again to have somebody like really be thinking about like, what is our long-term future look like? And I find it really refreshing. Do you feel a difference? I, I definitely do. I don't live in Portland like you do. So I, I got to say you're probably lucky there that that's got to be an awesome feeling to see it up close and personal. Where I am, people either um, care about the Knicks or don't care about anything. <laughs> but um, they just want but, Damian Lillard, right? <laughs> but what's um, what's really remarkable to see is just on all social media, just the the change in uh, the narrative about management and everything like that. That they kind of see finally where it's going. You know what I mean? So that's exciting to see, um, even from afar that the general consensus is it's going in the right direction again. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing what the coach is like, because last year you couldn't really learn anything about the coach from, you know, just the way everything played out. So I'm very anxious to see uh, what his impact is going to be on the team and, um, you know, it's kind of a rough preseason and you not being in Portland may have gotten sort of a muted version of like the panic in the streets. <laughs> not everyone, obviously, but um, the Blazers didn't exactly come out like looking like they were going to be world beaters in their most of their preseason games. But um, I think I personally am happy to give them time and see what's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, fortunately, no loss to the Delaware 87ers. Was that, was that who uh, the Suns and Devin Booker lost to? They, I think they they were the 36ers, and I the think 36ers. they might have been for us from Australia or something. Yeah, that was that was rough. They they did beat the uh, the Maccabi team that they played very handily, and Shaden Sharp was a delight to watch in that situation. <laughs> Yeah, um, I heard on uh, the We Have a Take podcast, you said, didn't he have like 27 points? Mm -hmm. 
he had 27 points and multiple two-handed dunks, which are my favorite thing. The bounce to hang with uh, Nasir and guys like that this year, so that'll be exciting. With the offseason, the transition into the preseason, how much stock would you give to the preseason with guys like Lillard and Jeremy Grant only you know, getting 10 to 15 points just because of their, their limited minutes? Yeah, I, I'm willing to wait. Um, and, and maybe that's my rose colored glasses, but also it's just, you know, being a blazer fan, our expectations and our hopes get ratcheted up so high every year. And like, it would be virtually impossible to come out and <laughs> be able to meet my expectations that I have. So like I said, I'm perfectly willing to wait and see how it plays out. It was kind of shocking to watch them against the Kings. And I will say, I expect the Kings are going to be a much better team this year. Um, But it was kind of shocking to see them just not be able to contain them at all. And it go right back to the basically a layup line from the three point line from the other team. It was like the other team got every three they ever wanted or thought of. So that was kind of a little bit, ah, but I, there's still, learning how to work together they're still trying to figure out like like this team has not had a defensive scheme that's more complex you know they haven't had a complex defensive scheme in years and now they have this dude who loves defense (laughs) and these players who ostensibly are like you know they'll get at it they'll get at the defense so i i'm willing to be patient and give them some time to work that all out yeah, yeah, and it, it looks like um, this going from the offseason into this regular season, um, I'm not quite sure how to view the all the roster changes. I, I want to say at least nine total roster changes um, just to the 15-man roster alone. Um, and it, it's like um, – it seems like a story of, you know, um, some new starters finally, whereas they were just making, like, bench moves before – um, trading CJ, really just getting guys like that'll be six man right off the bench. Um, would you say that you find it to be a roster? Um, there might be some addition by subtraction um, hints in the roster. Or do you see something differently? I don't necessarily like if we're talking about CJ, I don't really necessarily see it as addition by subtraction. I'm not sure if if that's really where you're going with that, but like just on the defensive end, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know that they're adding um in that two position a better defender. Um but I really have loved what I've seen uh Jeremy Grant. I mean that like, oh, I get it now. Like, because I know people for years have been talking about Jeremy Grant. And when he got out on the field, even though it wasn't, you know, a huge, like, just like defensive clinic or anything <laughs> by any means, um, but it's clear how quickly he moves, how quick his reflexes are. Uh, you know, Robert Covington came in with a lot of uh, fanfare that he was going to be this great defender. And I'm sure he is a great defender, but Jeremy Grant just seems like half a step quicker, um, hands and feet. And, um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And I think Josh Hart couldn't be, um, a better defender. So I, I think the, the new starters could potentially be a bit better on defense, but I'm like, not going to hold my breath that that unit is ever going to like become like a top, 
a top defensive unit if they can just hold their own and just stop every like, everybody being able to get every three they could ever imagine <laughs> <laughs> just like oh, i was so disappointed the other night and it was just like come on <laughs> stop like at least the stats teams like some years maybe not all the time but they did sort of have times where they could force the other team to like take icky mid-range shots rather than getting any three that they wanted but now it's just like we they sometimes they just look like they've just thrown up their hands and been like sure take it i don't care (laughs) would you say the last uh three years of the stats era um it kind of got more and more out of hand defensively or was it kind of back and forth so I would say that I'm not the best person to ask about defense <laughs> because I haven't actually watched good defense for <laughs> a really long time. And I really don't know what it looks like. Um, you know, a lot of people, I've heard many people be like, oh, I love defense. And um, I've never, those words have never come out of my mouth because I've never <laughs> really seen it. And I actually just like offense. So I don't know if they, if they got worse, if they got stagnant, if, you know, the coach just, that wasn't his priority. I mean, with Aminu and Harkless, they were better. I know that much. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I did kind of notice after uh, Harkless and Aminu left after um, in fact, after the, uh, the series um, against the Warriors where Draymond Green just like ended our hopes with uh, the sweep. But um, I did notice after that, playoff season that it just kind of seemed like every every month to month I saw more of the fact that like guys on the perimeter just could get whatever they wanted it was really strange to see after those guys being in Portland and it scared like even though it's just the preseason it scared me this season already just that they they have those runs where everyone's kind of looking lost and there's guys in the corner just just getting whatever they want four or five possessions in a row I don't recall that from the stats here until maybe, maybe 2020, but yeah, maybe the last two seasons. Yeah. The last couple of seasons did. You're right. Just like you said it perfectly. They could just get whatever they wanted. Like take it, just whatever you want. But on the offensive end, there should be a lot of high hopes this year. I mean, Damien's back. So like, there's a lot of hope that, um, and I mean, Damien Lillard has never going to have given us a reason not to think that he's going to come back exactly like he was and uh so i think i think he'll come back just as good on offense as he's ever been um how everybody else works in is going to be super interesting to watch and i'm just excited there's going to be like interesting stuff to watch and if okay, i'm going to go on my rant about floaters like the <laughs> first two preseason games like all anybody was taking was a floater like what are you doing Anthony Simons like you are like a beauty you have a beautiful three-point shot what are you doing in the middle trying to like take floaters and I couldn't figure if that was because like he couldn't get to play to his spot they're trying to do different things and maybe they were just running different plays and that's just like not what they were gonna like maybe they were trying to do all the hard stuff because it's preseason so like let's try to do all the hard stuff because it doesn't matter right now and like we'll get better at it but I was just like, everybody was taking floaters. The only person I love, like, I love Trendon's floaters. Take all the floaters you want, Trendon. <laughs> but everybody else is just like, what are you doing? Like, go with, like, what you know. You know, Damien, t- like, last night at FanFest, Damien took a, a logo shot. And it was like, yes, take those, <laughs> take those shots from just, like, you know, from forever away. So, um, 
And I would love to see more dunks on offense. I think everybody who knows me knows that I want to see more dunks. It looks like they're going to be poised to have more dunks and more deep threes. You notice with, with Lillard, Simons, these are guys that when they hit those shots, it kind of sucks the life right out of the other team. And then they're able to get those those nice runs going that Portland's kind of been known for the last few years with just going on like a 13-0 scoring run. When it's back and forth for them, I feel like they don't have much luck. <laughs> oh, you, That is such a good point. I completely forgot about that whole just like life-sucking force <laughs> that Damian Lord has when he when he sinks a lot sh- long shot. It's just been a really long time since we've seen any of those. Great point. But Josh, I, I know it's with Josh Hart too, the the floaters. What do you think of uh, Anthony Simon's mid-range fade game he has going so far this year? I don't know. I just want him shooting threes because he's like <laughs> such a beautiful three-point shooter. Like, you know, run in plays where he gets catch and shoot threes, which is what he does. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel. <laughs> Be interesting to see. I really think, um, hopefully, and I, I believe it's possible, I would like to see Anthony get to that consistent maybe even 19 20 points a game Mm -hmm. and if he's hitting three threes he'll get there fairly quickly Mm -hmm. yeah and you know if he can if he can get to the rack and start picking up more fouls I think that would be that would be great I think that like this is the year that I think we should start seeing an uptick in getting to the line and um I think I have a feeling that he can be a really good free uh, free throw shooter. So going to keep my fingers crossed that he can get to the line a little bit more often this year too. I think that'll be really important. You look at the Chris Paul, James Harden era, however short lived it was um, with the Rockets. It seemed like the reason they got to the point they got to in the playoffs, um, given the Warriors a run for their money was the, was the free throw line percentage. I mean, James Harden sometimes was taking 14, 15 free throws mm-hmm. and it's a lot less high pressure intensity when you're just standing there and no one's moving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, I just have this feeling that Anthony could be really good at that. Nurk, as much as I love him, is not a consistently reliable free throw shooter, although he is good, good. He's really good at getting to the line, but I don't know uh, if he's ever going to get that good at, at reliable at shooting. Heard on your podcast, you spoke with uh, Rafael Barlow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we quite have the expertise of him on uh, Shaden Sharp. Was there anything that stood out from his opinion on Shaden Sharp to you that you might not have heard before? Like I was telling him, one of my favorite things this summer was to listen to people who had actually seen Shaden Sharp play, try to describe what Shaden Sharp looks like. And like, now we have Victor Wembanyama, So like, he's like a whole different <laughs> ballpark, but you know, people were just like, he's just ready. He's just, you'll know, you know, he just rose up so quickly and, and you'll just, you'll know. And I've seen him and I'm like, Oh, I get it. Like, I get it. Like even, even that one move that he made in summer league, he just looked, you know, the, the whole thing about him spending his year at, um, Kentucky or Kansas, I always get them. Kentucky, yeah. They're both blue. Um, I didn't know till maybe March, but yeah. <laughs> but like one of the things they talked about is he was he was there to like work on his body and get his body NBA ready. And when you watch him, both just like that, he's pretty bulky for a 19 year old. I mean, he's not like huge or anything, but he looks quite strong. And the way he moves on the court, he looks like somebody who's like 
become very familiar with his body. And obviously these guys who've been playing all their lives, you know, um, you know, know like what to expect and what their bodies can do. But you compare him to a guy like Greg, Greg Brown, who kind of looks like the end of his limbs don't connect to the <laughs> beginning parts of his limbs. And, uh, you know, Shaden just seems to be like, super connected um you know uh and aware of his body in space and what he can do and so like i can see why people like didn't really know how to talk about it yeah and i i'm very excited to see him play it's it's kind of like um you guys were discussing on your show now that you see it you see it you know what i mean it's just it's just crazy to think that this team is loaded with so many wings that Guys like Grant and Nurkic, if they're firing on the cylinders, we anticipate they'll be the the pick and rolls that this is going to set up for guys like this that are athletic. Like, I don't I don't think I've seen in my time as a Blazers fan <laughs> guys this athletic playing on the same floor for the Blazers. Yeah, I think that's a um, something that a lot of people are talking about and excited about is just like the number of just like yeah, really strong athletes who like love to jump for that like it, you, okay it was fan fest obviously but like the keon to shaden connection is like they want to alley-oop like how long has it been since we've had guys in games <laughs> who want to do that that's just hasn't been the way they've played but now they have these young guys who love to do that and the balls that keon puts up nowhere near the rim but shaden goes and grabs them anyway and it's just it's been so long since i don't know will barton <laughs> the guys would do that yeah, I think I saw one of the ones you're referring to. Was that the one that was like below the rim where Shading grabbed it? Mm-hmm. I don't even think it was near. It was like below the backboard. Yeah, it was like, no, like that was nowhere near. <laughs> but he managed to do it anyway. So another big thing, do you think the Nurk Dame pick and roll is going to be back in action? Do you think it's ever going to be what it was? Or do you think it's kind of going to be maybe 75% of what it was? Do you see it anywhere in that range? I think it absolutely can be what it was, but it might not be as frequent, you know, because they have, there's ostensibly, they have more options and they're, you know, ostensibly it's not just like Dame having to do all the scoring and then CJ's turn to do all the scoring, you know, hopefully Jeremy Grant will be getting involved in that. So I absolutely think that they can get back to the same quality that they had before. I just don't know if it's going to be as frequent as it was once. Yeah, I saw uh, in the game against the Clippers, Eubank set a screen, lost wall, and then Lillard hit the three. It, it had me just thinking of all the bigger guys they have. I don't know how much of a role Eubanks is going to have. Hopefully, barring the injury bug, he's not going to be playing you know more than 15 minutes a game. But having a guy like that who can set that massive of a screen mm-hmm. um for you know five to 12 minutes a game is, has got to be nice for some of the some of the shooting weapons well and when dame was sitting you know before everybody got completely shut down i was really enjoying the um the rhythm that nurkic and ant had uh, had going they were playing really well together i thought i thought that you know obviously we all saw how great Anthony was playing but I think a big part of that is because Nurkic was clearing space for him and Nurkic was doing everything right to um, get him the options that you know so that Anthony could be in the best situation I think Nas is going to be good at setting screens so I think a lot of the guys on the I think like I said it will be spread around a little bit more I wonder if he's he's going to play more of the four going forward in his career with how big he's been getting (laughs) 
I know I'm a little worried about like how suddenly he got so big. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, what is he like a 22 year old man? So <laughs> I, I don't know, but like putting on like bulking up that much over the season sometimes scares me. Cause I remember like when Ed Davis got all bulky and like not long after that, he hurt himself. And I, of course, don't know anything about how anything happened, but I remember watching him thinking he wasn't moving quite the way that he was before. So I'm hoping that um, Nas at 22, um, you know, can carry that weight and use it in a way that, uh, you know, really to his advantage. And then it doesn't like slow him down at all. Talking about uh, X factors, what would you say is the, the one thing for the Blazers this year that could set them apart or leave them behind? I really think Nurkic is the X factor, especially after watching the preseason. Cause when he, cause I actually, you sent that question in advance and I was thinking, like, what is an X factor anyway? Like it's, we toss it around all the time, but I was like, okay, what's the definition of X factor? And the X factor is like the variable. What, and I thought, who's more variable on the team than Yusuf Nurkic? <laughs> because when he is playing his best, we see how good the whole team is. Like Damian Lillard can play amazing like every single game and he will drag that team like across the finish line. But if, Nurkic is having a bad game that that weight is so much higher on Damien and if Nurkic is having a great game it's like Damien's floating through clouds <laughs> that's how easy Nurkic makes it for him so I think he's the x factor this year that he's feeling engaged and that he's doing everything that he needs to do yeah it, it's it's sad to see um you know the frustrations he's had since he got healthy again and when he, you know, when he was playing regular minutes last year, it just kind of seemed like he was flustered with his role on the team. Did you, did you sense that too? I sensed that at the beginning of the season, but I thought by the time, you know, the, the new guys had come on board actually by like, you know, when Anthony really started to take off, I thought that's where Nurk took off. I thought he was playing beautifully. I thought that he was engaged and he felt, you know, he knew what his role was and you, know, like you were saying, I think what's critical to Nurk's success is understanding not just what his role is, but understanding and feeling appreciated for his, what he does. And, um, you know, that's just, some of us are like that. Like I relate to Nurk a lot <laughs> in a lot of ways, because I'm like that too. Like I want people to like appreciate me and I feel like he just needs a lot more external, um, you know, praise and understanding uh, and appreciation for what he's doing. Yeah, I, I think he um, he saw on the trajectory after the conference finals run where he could be at, where the team could be at. And you can't blame him, you know, for the frustration beginning of last year, just because like it looked like something that was going to be prolonged success from then on. And it kind of it tapered off and it should have should have stopped tapering off and then it kept tapering off. So um Hopefully he sees not just, you know, always the Bosnian beast. Everyone loves, you know, when, when there's a star on a team, you know, an international player, like they kind of go a little viral on Twitter and like the hype around him and stuff, just appreciating what they do. Cause it's so new, especially on the West coast, the style of basketball he plays because obviously since the nineties, it's kind of tapered off with the aggression. <laughs> On, on the defensive side and with rebounding and everything. But if he, I think, like you said, if he, if he realizes his importance to the team, I don't think we're going to see 
some of those um some of those minutes where he just doesn't seem like he wants to be 100% out there you know what i mean i think he's kind of he's kind of been worried about getting re-injured i'm not really sure but it just kind of seems like there are, there were moments more so 2 years ago than last year um where if he's not on the right page they can't figure it out you know what i mean he's almost like the facilitator when dame isn't it seems like to me i don't know if that's if that's off, but it just seems like he might be the next facilitator, honestly. No, I think he is a really good facilitator and he needs to be used in that way. I mean, obviously, you know, he can't be like the primary, like he's not going to be Jokic. He's not going to be Jokic and that's (laughs) fine. There's only one of him. Right. But I think Nurk loves being in the middle of the play, whether he, and he doesn't have to be a play ender. He loves, you know, that a tricky pass and Nurk takes chances. Nurk takes threes. He backs down people maybe too often. And like, that's kind of where I've ended up with him is that you have to accept all of Nurk. And if you accept all of Nurk, you get the best Nurk because you get those high moments too. But I fear sometimes we focus too much on the down parts of it. And like, I don't know, like how he's hitting off with the new coach. I think it's supposed to be going well, but if anything gets into him, that's focusing on the down stuff, he just kind of like does more of that. Whereas, you know, when we're focusing on like the good stuff, it's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree on that front. With all that being said, um, going into break it up into segments here. Where do you see the Blazers following uh, week one King Suns Lakers record wise? Well, so I'm actually going to the game in Sacramento. We're going oh, wow. on a road trip to go to Sacramento because I was like, there's no way the Blazers are going to let themselves be beat by Sacramento in the first game again, because last year they were beat by Sacramento. So I was like, there is no way that's going to happen. Not feeling quite as confident about that right now. Um, I think if Damian Lillard tells me to be patient, I'm willing to be patient. And if they don't win their first couple of games, because they're still figuring things out, that's not going to shock me. I I would like I would just like to see them at least win one of the three games against such tough teams. Did you wait? I have a question. Did you watch and were you able to watch any of summer league? Yes. Yeah. Okay. They lost the first game. I was like, okay, whatever. When they won that second game, I was like, oh my God, it has been so long since they won a game. I forgot what it felt like. <laughs> Especially to, to take it that far in the summer league. That was, that was wild. I just was like, I didn't, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about like the fact that they might even like do a good job. It was just like, I had forgotten what it felt like to win. Imagine what their first regular season win is going to feel like. Oh gosh. It's going to, it's going to bring a lot of good feelings back. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I don't know when they get it, but (laughs) yeah, it'd be great. I don't know how, how phenomenal the Kings are going to be with such young pieces coming around Sabonis that just came in. Um, Darren Fox, I mean, obviously touted as the fastest player in the NBA for a few years, but I don't know. I don't know his health right off the jump. You know, he should be a lot better than the end of last season when they were kind of just like making sure he didn't have something crazy happen with a bad season. But, uh, but I, I think they could, uh, I think they could honestly do all right against the Kings and the Lakers. It's just the Suns game I'm scared of. (laughs) 
Yeah. And you know, one, one thing I've been thinking about, I would love to know what you think about this is that in the past, when they like added on players to their core, they were often players who like had sort of been like not utilized very well in their previous stops or, you know, they, they weren't like people who, you know, were journeymen. Right. And I feel like the, the major players that they've added to the team this year, like Josh, Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, and uh, and Jeremy Grant, at least Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant, they've had experience playing like significant roles on other teams. And so I feel like integrating them in might not take as long as it feels like today it's going to take. Um, and like when you look at, at teams like the Kings, you were talking about the Kings and all their young players, like they looked fantastic. They look like world beaters when they played the Blazers the other night. But part of that, I think it was, you know, because like they, you know, their rookie is an older rookie who's like been around for, you know, a longer time. So all this to say is like in the short term, I could see why the Kings kind of came out like blazing and I can see a situation where it doesn't actually take that long because of the experience. Like, you know, Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant, they had real roles on multiple other teams before they came to the Blazers. And I feel like that's a good thing. And that could mean that could translate into like, you know, significantly fitting in and, you know, really starting to see what they look like sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. You hit it right on the head. You know, you're not getting uh, Harry Giles, not to throw anyone under the bus, but got exactly. journeyman. Uh, you're not getting Harry Giles, Derek Jones Jr., um, any of those guys. And in addition, um, I know I know you uh, had an episode where you kind of did a disclaimer on your feelings of Gary Payton, that you weren't as excited as everyone else. But um, another guy that you're getting three guys that have kind of performed. They've performed well on a national stage and they've done it for extended periods of time. Josh mm-hmm. Hart um, and Jeremy Grant, I think have both had runs of 15 plus point games throughout their careers, like every year. So I think getting that production compared to, you know, some of the teams like with the Kings, yes, they get Sabonis um, who can put up triple doubles and everything, but Guys like Davion Mitchell and Keegan Murray haven't done that yet, you know, and they're kind of used to running the floor um, in every gym aside from an NBA regular season <laughs> where where the guys that the Blazers are getting have have done it. And with Gary Payton, I, I don't know what his, you know, what crazy thing he could do, but it just seems like him, Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant could do stuff like, for example, Seth Curry did. Um, for the Blazers at a lesser role, even a bigger role than that um, in the playoffs, should the playoffs come, because these are guys that can score over 25 points, you know? So very excited to see guys that, like you said, come in and can contribute from day one. And they also have the mindsets where from their first team to their second team, they would be confident that they can have the ball in their hands and make a play. It's not going to be guys that you would really, hopefully don't need phased in, too much they kind of just gel mm-hmm. yeah that's that's been giving me hope <laughs> <laughs> segueing from that to the say the all-star break to end of april do you see the team doing what they do many years they make playoff runs they're on a hot streak or do you see them 
figuring it out sooner than that. Not at all. Uh, I think the Blazers will do what they always do and have a really great second half of the season. And I, there's a lot of things in that favor, partly because half the league is going to be tanking at that point. <laughs> and the, the Blazers, like they did their one year tank and barring, you know, catastrophic injury to like one of the major players, which obviously we do not want to happen. Like get that thought out of the universe they're, I don't, they're, they're not, I don't think going to shut it down again. And so, you know, they're going to have the historic Damian Lillard second half of the season. I think they have an easier schedule the second half of the season. And then the second half of the season, half the league is going to be tanking anyway. So um, I expect that they will have a good second half. I agree on that front. They're probably glad they didn't end up with a second pick this year. <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> think they would have minded. But <laughs> No, no. I just, I just mean in regards to, Oh, uh, yeah yeah um so it'll it'll be exciting to see well thanks great discussion on how the blazers might fare this year and all the exciting things definitely have them as a top five team to watch in league pass this year just because they're they have so many new pieces that have been fun to watch everywhere they've played so um you know not so much a questionnaire but um just uh give you a chance to talk about uh your project with we have a take and uh call today. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's been really fun. Um, so we have a take is, uh, my podcast and I try to fill a fan niche that is not filled by any other podcast. That's one of the kind of cool things about podcasts is they like, we sort of just find our own lane and then just go with it. And so I don't do a lot of heavy analysis. I don't do a lot of like predicting what's going to happen. I don't do a lot of, you know, who's going to be traded or whatever. Um, my co-host Cassidy um, and I have a lot of fun. Cassidy hasn't been around much, um, but she's still behind the scenes, like giving me ideas all the time. She's in the check text thread the text is absolutely popping today um so i have a variety of guests on and talk about kind of like really like fan things so one of the really fun things that we did last year i thought was really fun was that we at the beginning of the season we decided that we were going to give out season awards um but not the usual awards that everybody gives out so we had most valuable pet and uh most improved fits and bench celebrator man of the year and assistant coach of the year and all those sound really silly and they were but they were also really fun especially as the season fell apart because <laughs> it gave us something to watch for we were like okay we're gonna watch the bench who's celebrating on the bench you know who's that guy on the you know sitting in the, you know next to the coach um so one of the we're very soon hopefully tomorrow we'll be recording an episode where we're going to talk about what awards we're going to give out this year because we we learned a lot um, from our first round of awards we think we have some improvements that we can make and some things that we need to discuss about our rubric for deciding who wins um, but that's the kind of stuff that we do like we're pretty irreverent we have a good time we appreciate all the podcasters out there and everything that they do because everybody brings something unique and um, we feel like we are small and mighty and um, are sort of a more of a boutique <laughs> podcast because it might not be for everybody it has a lot of really interesting goods on the rack um, and we hope that y'all will just come in and check it out at least once and see what you think yeah anyone listening to this show uh, should definitely go go give it a try because it's just it's a fun take every episode and it's a fun guest every episode uh, I think you even last year uh, 
did you guys also do one where you uh gave a song to each player yeah we've been actually doing that for years um our season playlist and um i think this this year we might be uh we might do it a little bit more where like different guests will ask them for a couple of songs to add to the playlist so you should be thinking about that if you could think of a song or two that you that describe your feelings things going into this year that would be a good playlist song think about that because we're going to talk about that later but yeah we always do a, a playlist and it's fun to go back because you can totally see what our mood was <laughs> when he's looking at the old playlists be doing a blazers round table here soon so yeah yeah looking forward to getting some podcasters together and you know again just kind of talking about what our different lanes are and doing some stuff together and um yeah i just think I think the Blazers podcast sphere is really fun and it's become more and more important as we've lost like key media access or, you know, key media members who, you know, get pulled into other beats or, you know, take time off or just, you know, aren't here like whole channels that just aren't here anymore. Uh, I think that we have a really great and healthy podcast ecosystem in Rip City. Uh, and I like to highlight that too. And I, I would, uh, I would wager you're the the glue family member of the, uh, the podcast sphere that keeps it all keeps it all going strong. So, really appreciate your efforts and thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Go Blazers. With all that being said, um, going into Break it up into segments here. Where do you see the Blazers following uh, week one, King Suns, Lakers? Where do I see them? Record-wise. Say that again? Uh, Record-wise. Record-wise. Well, so I'm actually going to the game in Sacramento. We're going oh, wow. on a road trip to go to Sacramento because I was like, there's no way the Blazers are going to let themselves be beat by Sacramento in the first game again, because last year they were beat by Sacramento. So I was like, there is no way that's going to happen. Not feeling quite as confident about that right now. Um, I think if Damian Lillard tells me to be patient, I'm willing to be patient. And if they don't win their first couple of games because they're still figuring things out, that's not going to shock me. Yeah. Yeah. I would like, I would just like to see them at least win one of the three games against such tough teams. Um, Did you wait? I have a question. Did you watch? Were you able to watch any of summer league? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That they lost the first game. I was like, okay, whatever. When they won that second game, I was like, oh my god! It has been so long since they won a game. I forgot what it felt like. <laughs> Especially to to take it that far in the summer league, that was that was wild. I just was like, I didn't, I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about like the fact that they might even like do a good job. It was just yeah. like I had forgotten what it felt like to win. Imagine what their first regular season win is going to feel. Like. Oh gosh, it, it, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna bring a lot of good us. feelings back. <laughs> yes. Um. So I don't know when they get it, but <laughs> yeah, I, be great. I don't know how how phenomenal the Kings are going to be with such young pieces coming around Sabonis that just came in. Um, Darren Fox, I mean, obviously touted as the fastest player in the NBA for a few years, but I don't know. I don't know his health right off the jump. You know, he should be a lot better than 
the end of last season when they were kind of just like making sure he didn't have something crazy happen with a bad season. But, uh, but I, I think they could, uh, I think they could honestly do all right against the Kings and the Lakers. It's just the Suns game I'm scared of. <laughs> yeah. And you know, one, one thing I've been thinking about, I would love to know what you think about this is that in the past when they like added on players to their core, they were often players who like had sort of been like, not utilized very well in their previous stops or you know they they weren't like people who you know were journeymen right and I feel like the the major players that they've added to the team this year like Josh Josh Hart Justice Winslow and uh and Jeremy Grant at least Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant they've had experience playing like significant roles on other teams and so I feel like integrating them in might not take as long as it feels like today it's going to take. Um, and like, when you look at, at teams like the Kings, you were talking about the Kings and all their young players, like they looked fantastic. They look like world beaters when they played the Blazers the other night. But at part of that, I think it was, you know, because like they, you know, their rookie is an older rookie who's like been around for, you know, a longer time. So all this to say is like in the short term, I could see why the Kings kind of came out like blazing and I can see a situation where um, it doesn't actually take that long because of the experience. Like, you know, Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant, they had real roles on multiple other teams before they came to the Blazers. And I feel like that's a good thing. And that could mean that could translate into like, you know, significantly fitting in, and, you know, really starting to see what they look like sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. You hit it right on the head. You know, you're not getting uh, Harry Giles, not to throw anyone under the bus, but got exactly. journeyman. Uh, you're not getting Harry Giles, Derek Jones Jr., um, any of those guys. And in addition, um, I know I know you uh, had an episode where you, where you um, kind of did a disclaimer on your feelings of Gary Payton, that you weren't as excited as everyone else. But um, another guy that you're getting three guys that have kind of performed, you know, maybe not in the playoffs, crazy, crazy big, you know, playoff moments, but they've performed well on a national stage and they've done it for extended periods of time. Josh mm -hmm. Hart um, and Jeremy Grant, I think, have both had runs of 15 plus point games throughout their careers, like every year. So I think getting that production compared to, you know, some of the teams like with the Kings. Yes, they get Sabonis, um, who can put up triple doubles and everything, but guys like Davion Mitchell and Keegan Murray haven't done that yet, you know, and they're kind of used to running the floor um, in every gym aside from an NBA regular season <laughs> where where the guys that the Blazers are getting have, have done it. And with Gary Payton, I, I don't know what his, you know, what crazy thing he could do, but it just seems like him – Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant could do stuff like, for example, Seth Curry did um, for the Blazers at a lesser role, even a bigger role than that um, in the playoffs, should the playoffs come, because these are guys that can score over 25 points, you know, so very excited to see guys that, like you said, come in and can contribute from day one. And they also have the mindsets where it seems like anywhere they go, anywhere they would end up from their first team to their second team. Um, they would be confident that they can have the ball in their hands and make a play. 
Um, it's not going to be guys that you would really hopefully don't need phased in too much. They kind of just gel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's been giving me hope. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and then segueing from that to the um, say the all-star break to end of April, do you see the team? doing what they do many years they make playoff runs where the second year they're on a hot streak or do you see them figuring it out sooner than that not at all <laughs> uh, I think the Blazers would do what they always do and have a really great second half of the season and I, there's a lot of things in that favor partly because half the league is going to be tanking at that point <laughs> and the, the Blazers like they did their one-year tank and barring you know, catastrophic injury to like one of the major players, which obviously we do not want to happen. Like get that thought out of the universe there. I don't, they're, they're not, I don't think going to shut it down again. And so, you know, they're going to have the historic Damian Lillard second half of the season. I think they have an easier schedule the second half of the season. And then the second half of the season, half the league is going to be tanking anyway. So um, I expect that they will have a good second half. I agree on that front. They're probably glad they didn't end up with the second pick this year. <laughs> well, I don't think they would have minded. But... <laughs> no, no. I just I just mean in regards to uh, oh, Chet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it'll it'll be exciting to see. Um, well, thanks for the for the great discussion on how the Blazers might fare this year and all the exciting things. Um, definitely have them as a top five team to watch in league pass this year, just because they're, they have so many new pieces that have been fun to watch everywhere they've played. So um, take a little transition into just a brief, um, you know, not so much a questionnaire, but um, just uh, give you a chance to talk about uh, your project with, we have a take and uh, call it a day. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It's been really fun. Um, so we have a take is uh, my podcast and I try to fill a fan niche that is not filled by any other podcast. That's one of the kind of cool things about podcasts is they like, we sort of just find our own lane and then just go with it. And so I don't do a lot of heavy analysis. I don't do a lot of like predicting what's going to happen I don't do a lot of you know who's going to be traded or whatever um my co-host Cassidy um and I have a lot of fun Cassidy hasn't been around much um but she's still behind the scenes like giving me ideas all the time she's in the check text thread the text is absolutely popping today um so I have a variety of guests on and talk about kind of like really like fan things so one of the really fun things that we did last year I thought was really fun was that we at the beginning of the season we decided that we were going to give out season awards um but not the usual awards that everybody gives out so we had most valuable pet and uh most improved fits and bench celebrator man of the year and assistant coach of the year and all those sound really silly and they were but they were also really fun especially as the season fell apart because <laughs> it gave us something to watch for we were like okay we're gonna watch the bench who's celebrating on the bench you know who's that guy on the you know sitting in the, you know next to the coach um so one of the we're very soon hopefully tomorrow we'll be recording an episode where we're going to talk about what awards we're going to give out this year because we we learned a lot 
um, from our first round of awards. We think we have some improvements that we can make and some things that we need to discuss about our rubric for deciding who wins. Um, but that's the kind of stuff that we do. Like we're pretty irreverent. We have a good time. We appreciate all the podcasters out there and everything that they do because everybody brings something unique and um, we feel like we are small and mighty and um, are sort of a more of a boutique <laughs> podcast because it might not be for everybody it has a lot of really interesting goods on the rack um, and we hope that y'all will just come in and check it out at least once and see what you think yeah anyone listening to this show uh, should definitely go go give it a try because it's just it's a fun take every episode and it's a fun guest every episode. Uh, I think you even last year, uh, did you guys also do one where you uh, gave a song to each player? Yeah, we've been actually <laughs> doing that for years, um, our season playlist. And um, I think this, this year we might be, uh, we might do it a little bit more where like different guests will ask them for a couple of songs to add to the playlist. So you should be thinking about that. If you could think of a song or two that you that describe your feelings going into this year, that would be a good playlist song. Think about that because we're going to talk about that later. But yeah, <laughs> we always do a, a playlist and it's fun to go back because you can totally see what our mood was <laughs> when he's looking at the old playlists. Yeah, we'll have a uh, be doing a Blazers roundtable here soon. So. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to getting some podcasters together and, you know, again, just kind of talking about what our different lanes are and doing some stuff together. And um, yeah, I just think, I think the Blazers podcast sphere is really fun and it's become more and more important as we've lost like key media access or, you know, key media members who, you know, get pulled into other beats or, you know, take time off or just, you know, aren't here like whole channels that just aren't here anymore. Uh, I think that we have a really great and healthy podcast ecosystem in Rip City, uh, and I like to highlight that too. And I, I would, uh, I would wager you're the the glue family member of the uh, <laughs> the podcast sphere that keeps it all keeps it all going strong. So, really appreciate your efforts, and thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Go Blazers. <laughs>